Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody, Gibbs here with number 468 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's the Rolling Stones with Some Girls. Some Girls was released on June 9th of 1978, recorded October of 1977 through March of 1978 at the Pathé Marconi, Boulogne, Billancourt. The genre of the album is rock, punk rock, disco, and country. Producer of the album were the Glimmer Twins. Some Girls has 10 tracks on it, with four of them being released as singles, the first one being Miss You, then Beast of Burden, Respectable, and Shattered. Some Girls would be the first album to feature Ronnie Wood as a full-time member of the band, although he had contributed to two previous albums, but this was the first time that he had actually been listed as a member of the band, and would really solidify that iconic lineup that we know the Rolling Stones for. Now, 1978 was kind of a weird time for the Rolling Stones. Their time had basically passed, as many critics were concerned at that time. And it was a time where, in the United States, the disco movement was going on, and there were cooler new bands around, like Aerosmith and Kiss, and those were the bands getting the attention at the time, and the Rolling Stones were kind of looked at as obsolete by that time. And even in the UK, the punk movement was starting to become a really big thing there. So the Rolling Stones, even in the UK, were looked at as being kind of obsolete at the time. Mick Jagger was really the driving force behind this album, because at the time, Keith Richards was in legal trouble for a heroin bust in Canada at the time, so he was going through legal issues, the band was concerned that he wouldn't be able to record because of having to possibly do jail time at the time, but he was let off with a light sentence, probably because he's Keith Richards, and the band ended up having to perform a couple charity events in Canada to make up for Keith Richards breaking the law and being on heroin. So while Mick was formulating this album, he really did a smart thing, and instead of sticking to what they knew best and what had brought them to the point that they were, he saw these other genres and bands being popular, and he tried to draw what he could from them, as he cited that for some girls he wrote a lot of more dance music, because he knew the disco era was very popular at the time. And he was even trying to get a little bit into the punk genre. And really drawing influence from all that stuff. And he really cites New York City as being a major inspiration for the album. And all of that drawing from everything around him. And really creating this album. Would end up putting the Rolling Stones back on top. And back to being relevant. And a lot of that also has to do with them adding Ronnie Wood to the lineup. And it was important because his playing style really meshed well with Keith Richards. And one of 
his trademarks to the band would be his ability to play that slide guitar. And it would definitely be something that the Rolling Stones would be known for. And so he really helped add something to this group that they were missing and help bring them back onto top. As well as all that, it also gave the group another guitar player. And although he doesn't play all the time, Mick Jagger does play a little bit of guitar. And that is shown on a track like Respectable, where there's clearly three guitars being played at the same time. And that's, you have Mick and then Ronnie and then Keith playing all on it. And I think Respectable is probably my favorite track on this whole album. I really enjoyed that one. There was controversy surrounding this album, and it really landed with its title track, Some Girls. It would be described as a song that extended musing on women of various nationalities and races. And Jagger would come out and say that the song was intended to be a parody of racist attitudes. And basically his quote on that was, I've always said, you can't take a joke, it's too effing bad. But one of the lines, and excuse me if this offends you, but the line that mainly drew strong protest from protests such as Jesse Jackson was, black girls just want to get effed all night. And that was really the triggering line, which is almost hard to think that it would really be a trigger. Probably not today, because it seems like we're kind of repeating that era in which everyone's just offended by everything. But, yeah, I think the time is 1978. You have civil rights movements going on at the time, and really a push for equality. So maybe this line being taken as a big slam and a push in the wrong direction. And it, it possibly viewed that way today, honestly, because of a lot of the political climate going on today could still be seen as offensive. Even though, if I'm being honest, there's a lot worse things said in most of the rap songs that you listen to on the radio today. But still, another point, different time. This drew much controversy, as well as the artwork on the album drew a lot of controversy. The design of the album artwork was done by Peter Corriston, and he would go on to design the next three albums for the Rolling Stones, but the original cut of this album, it featured the Rolling Stones' faces alongside those select females celebrities inserted into a copy of an old Valmor Products Corporation advertisement. This would lead to a lawsuit and being legally challenged by Lucille Ball, Farrah Fawcett, Liza Minnelli, who was representing Judy Garland, and the estate of Marilyn Monroe. And they all threatened to sue because the use of their likenesses was done without permission. Valmore would also seek legal action, but they were given a monetary award for the use of their design. The album was then reissued with a redesigned cover that removed all the celebrities, whether they had complained or not, and the celebrity images were replaced with black and punk-styled letters 
and phrases pardon our appearance cover under reconstruction. The only celebrity face that would not be removed from the album is George Harrison. Later, on a 1986 reissue, a third version of the album cover would be released that were hand-drawn faces from the original Valmore ad. Like I said earlier, this album was well-received and really was responsible for putting the Rolling Stones back on top and would go on to be certified gold in France, platinum in the Netherlands, platinum in New Zealand, gold in the United Kingdom, and six-time platinum here in the United States. It is also the only Rolling Stones album to ever be nominated for Album of the Year Grammy. As well as those accolades, it would also be told, according to acclaimed music, that it's the 417th most celebrated album in popular music history. Which, then case, you would think if it's the 417th most celebrated album, it should probably be ranked at least 417th on this list. But... It was actually ranked higher in 2003, as it was ranked 269th on the Rolling Stones magazine list of 500 greatest albums of all time, and then only took a one-spot drop in 2012 when they revisited it, and now here in 2020 list, it drops all the way down to 468. Which I want to clarify something. And it's a very unpopular opinion, but it's my opinion. I think the Rolling Stones are probably one of the most overrated bands of all time. Most of their tracks are pretty simplistic when you look at them. They do have some really good tracks out there, but I just feel like they're over-celebrated. I don't get what the big hype is about Mick Jagger. I think his vocals most of the time are subpar. He's not really someone that I would go to to say that they consistently hit all the notes. And like I said, they do great things musically sometimes, but I just feel like they're one of those overrated bands. But I just don't know if they're that overrated that you would drop an album that much. As this album is a really good example of what they are capable of. They reached out to many different genres on this album, and I was even thrown back on the track Far Away Eyes, as it starts in with this country-as-country-can-be music, and it's a country-styled song just thrown in the middle of the album. And I really... I enjoyed it. I appreciated it, that they were able to step out of their comfort zone and produce something like that, and honestly, Mick Jagger probably sounds the best on that song than he does on some of the songs on the rest of the album. I guess I just have problem with some tracks, it seems like they just go on for too long. Like, they just pick one melody... Or one riff and they just write it for four minutes. And it could be a two and a half minute, three minute single that they just drag out. And I just find myself getting eventually annoyed with the riff or the melody. Like, 
a track like Miss You, where all you get is ooh, 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 ooh. That's all you get. And eventually it just overtakes the rest of the song and that's all I hear and I just end up getting annoyed with it. I also find that sometimes Mick Jagger just kind of mumbles his way through the lyrics. He's not really enunciating well and you just kind of, if I wasn't sitting there reading the lyrics, I wouldn't really understand what he was saying sometimes. My last knock on the Rolling Stones and this album is they did Just My Imagination, which prior to this, I didn't know that the Rolling Stones had a version of this song. I had known this song as a Temptations song, and I just really prefer the Temptations version of this way more than what the Rolling Stones did it, as... With Eddie Kendrick singing and The Temptations, you just get, you can put yourself in the song. You feel the emotion of the song and the message. Whereas The Rolling Stones kind of do what I was complaining about where it's just the same kind of chugging riff throughout the song. And it just felt boring. This version of this song felt boring I didn't feel any emotion out of it and it's probably because I set the bar so high because I had heard the Temptations version of this and it is one of my favorite Temptations songs so the bar was set pretty high I didn't care for the track it's probably my least favorite track just for that reason of me enjoying the Temptations version so much more than this my favorite track, I think I say that before, it was respectable. I really enjoyed the guitar riffs in it. The, I think that was the track that had the three layers of guitar. And it seemed something out of the box as it had a lot of moving parts to it. And just a lot of good guitar work to that song. So it ranks as my favorite one. As for where this album ranks with the rest of the albums that we've reviewed so far, it's already plummeted a lot, and that's Rolling Stones doing. I mean, it took a pretty big dip between 2012 and now. I'm going to knock it down one more spot, and it's only because I feel like Manu Chao reached a very wide audience of people, and it was a worldwide success, enjoyed by many different nationalities. So, I believe his album jumps this one. But that's all the farther I'm going to knock this down. Because, at the end of the day, this is probably one of the Rolling Stones' best albums. And it has timeless tracks on it, such as Respectable, Shattered, Miss You, Beast of Burden, that you still hear on the radio today. So, they're very impactful tracks. They're very timeless tracks. But I am knocking it down that one more spot to 469, putting Manu Chao above. As always, I would love to know your thoughts on all this, as I'm not the only one with an opinion out there, and I would love to hear other people's opinions. 
You can do that by contacting me, therollingreview at yahoo.com, or by going over to Facebook and searching at The Rolling Review, liking the fan page, you can comment on things there, see the updated list as we keep going through these albums, and stay updated on any kind of news that may be concerning this podcast. Next time on The Rolling Review, we'll be going through Maxwell, Black Summer's Night. Until then, I'm Gibbs. Stay safe and be kind.